0: It's time for The Drive's Top 5 at 5.
1: Time on your Friday, 5 o'clock, here on Fan Run Radio. One more hour of The Drive headed your way. We send things back to the White Claw Hard Shelter Studios. Marcus is standing by the Top 5 at 5. Marcus, what do you got?
2: Thank you, Russell. At number 1. Tennessee men's basketball tomorrow, 4 p.m. on ESPN is the number nine. Tennessee Volunteers will take on the LSU Tigers in Baton Rouge. How do you feel about this game, Russell?
1: I haven't seen a line on this one yet. Um, Check FanDuel again. There wasn't anything listed for tomorrow's games as of about an hour ago. I'm thinking it's probably going to be five or six points for uh, Tennessee in Tennessee's favor tomorrow. But um, yeah, still no lineup. Um, I, I think what uh, Rick said earlier was pretty interesting. The Kimpom. Predictor has it the exact same score as the Mississippi State game, 70 to 59. And that's kind of what I'm expecting. I I don't think they'll necessarily be a work of art. It would be great to see Tennessee go out there and shoot the lights out and get things going again. You know, speaking of Ken Palm, uh, the number we've been tracking, Bear, they say you want to be in the top 20 in both offensive efficiency and Mm -hmm. defensive efficiency as a target. And offensively, we were, you know, in the 50s for a while there. And then after the the great start to conference play, I think they had crept up to like 36th or so. I mean, they were starting to trend in the right direction. Back to 46th now.
3: We've got to get that so turned around. we got to flip it, Russell.
1: Falling back down a little bit. Yep.
2: At number two, we have the NFL playoffs. We had a full weekend lined up as we have two games on Saturday, two on Sunday. Starting off with the Jaguars versus the Chiefs at 430. And the Giants at the Eagles at 8.15 tomorrow. And then on Sunday, you have the Bengals versus the Bills at 3. And the Cowboys and the 49ers with Brock Purdy at 6.30. So you still think – which one of you guys picked the Bengals to beat the Bills? I did. (laughs) You
3: realize that three of their five starting offensive linemen are not playing.
2: Yeah. And? Okay.
3: And? And. I mean, they haven't been protecting – Burrow for his entire career there. <laughs> so They've gotten better at it this year until Lale Collins and then these – so they lost the right side of their line, the right guard, right tackle, and then they've lost Collins.
1: I think they're going to lose, but I think it's more because I think the Bills are kind of on a mission, and uh, I, I, I put it more to how good they are on the offensive side as opposed to any injury issues the Bengals are dealing with.
3: I don't know, Josh, how they put that ball on the ground like they did last week against the Bengals and Burrow pound their eyes shut. Miami didn't have the horses
2: to take advantage of it. Mm. At number three, our old friend uh Joe Lenardi has put out his what he's project uh projecting for the NCAA tournament. He's got the top overall seed right now is Purdue. You wanna take a uh Guess what seeding he has Tennessee right now?
1: Um, I'll say two seed.
2: Yep, he's got Tennessee as a two seed on the east side, and the way that he has projected we would be playing Samford and Greensboro. Samford or Stanford? Samford, S A M. Guess I You tell me who uh
3: Samford's uh one of their most famous graduates, Russ.
1: Uh, no, not off the top of my head. It's
3: Friday. I believe it is one uh, Tommy Bowden.
2: Okay. How, how do you feel about uh, – Terry, maybe Terry Bowden. To, to go back real quick, uh, you feel like the momentum for Tennessee getting a two seed is still there, Russ?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would think a two seed at lowest – Right now, I think that they would probably be a one seed if they hadn't lost to Kentucky. Mm. I mean, I'm not putting a one seed off the table just yet. It doesn't appear super likely at this point because I think we've probably got a couple more L's in the future regular season. I don't know how, much, uh, how many of those they can withstand, but um, at this point, I would be disappointed if we had anything lower than a two seed.
3: Well I'll I'll tell you, um everybody's losing their home game winning streaks. You see the Zags got theirs uh yeah. snap like uh, got them. Yeah. yeah. Loyal to Mary, that's that was that's uh Bo Kimball Hank Gathers alma mater, not yeah.
2: not uh Sister Jean. That's Chicago. At number four, the uh the Gators. Have, in fact, released the 2023 quarterback recruit, Jaden Rashada, from his NLI. Uh, obviously, he is now free to sign with another team. He was the top quarterback prospect in their class. And uh, after it was reported that the $13 million name, image, and likeness package fell through. Obviously, the state law prohibits the universities in Florida from providing or arranging an NIL compensation. So they are made through a third party known as collectives. And apparently the collective let the Gators down.
1: Yeah, I mean, these these players, these young people are going to have to figure out the balance between what they're hoping to get from an NIL standpoint and you know just the football and, and life part of the connection with the school that they're going to because this young man, it seems like it's, it was 110% about the uh, NIL component and just how much money he could get paid. And you wonder if that's going to affect his development as a player. And I guess you could say that $13 million, if you can get it guaranteed, you know, at that point, who cares if you don't make it in the NFL? But, And maybe I'm being hypercritical here, but I I feel like if that's your thought process as far as choosing a school, that's maybe indicative of the kind of person that's going to burn through that $13 million pretty fast and not be able to make it last a lifetime.
2: I agree with that. And finally, at number five, uh, a burning German train. Uh, finally stops near the Austria border.
1: Uh, fire train? Ball of
2: fire? Ball of fire. Uh, not only that, Russell, it might have been operated by a ghost. What? Authorities in southern Germany uh, say that a train that was on fire turned into a uh, spectacular chase early on Friday after the driverless diesel engine began taking off towards Austria on its own accord the firefighters had been called to put out the train blaze near the village of Strass at about three a.m uh, the uh, the Barbarian Red Cross said that uh, shortly before they arrived the engine started moving downhill on a sloping track picking up speed as it rolled uh, several miles towards the town uh, nearby
1: and it's on fire
2: and it was on fire the firefighters were in hot pursuit but I'm um, sh- as the railway officials managed to switch the quote ghost train onto a side track and were able to stop it by a buffer before it could cross I mean, any of the borders. Were there any people on the train? No, and nobody was injured. The fire was extinguished. But yeah, just I don't know even how the fire started, but Yeah, just smoke was pouring from the train as it was like going through the town and just no one driving it.
1: Hmm. Where does train rank on your list of preferred
3: travel methods bear mm. uh i mean I've, I've written on a couple of them uh i think it would be i've always i thought it would be fun to uh do a you know I'm, i don't want to spend a week on one but i wouldn't mind taking a train like over in europe or something like across the continent
1: yeah, it seems like it'd be pretty cool. You can do it here. I've I've always wanted to do. There's like some Amtrak routes and some pretty nice trains that you can take like going across the Rockies
3: and across yeah. the heartland. Yeah. I've I've seen some uh videos on social media of
2: people that that do that. So back when I used to live in Montana, we did a train like that. It was pretty cool. Huge window just so you could see the uh, the landscape. Yeah. Love it. Is that 5? That is 5. All right. Thank you, Marcus.
1: Top 5 at 5 brought to you by our friends right here at National RX in Farragut, Ananda Professional CBD products are the best on the market. They're available exclusively here in Knoxville at National Law Rex. You can buy them if you're listening outside our listening area uh, via the magic of the interwebs. Go to nationallawrex.com. Now you'll have to call down here, find the phone number, and call. Say, hey, heard this guy's talking about it on Fan Run Radio. I want to try some of the Ananda Pro uh, Professional. Professional sleep enhanced CBD oil I know a couple of you guys have have tried that And had great results with that Uh, People swear by it If you're having trouble sleeping Call National Rx Get them to ship you some of the Ananda professional sleep enhanced CBD products here Uh, Give them a ring They will walk you through all your different options Take your information And you'll get it in the mail From National Rx East Tennessee's locally owned and operated Veteran owned and operated pharmacy where we broadcast from for another 60 minutes or so here this afternoon sun beginning to set in west knoxville has been a beautiful two days here in east tennessee hopefully we have some more of that this weekend let's go to the phones 865-546-8200 is your number to get up with us this afternoon martin is next good afternoon martin
4: good afternoon russell how you doing
1: hey doing well how are you sir
4: Doing pretty good. Russell, Great. I got some information on Judy uh, G- G- Lawley for you. Okay. It's from the Knoxville News Sentinel. And it says Julie Lally started in his long season at BYU. In 13 games, he had 47 tackles and seven pass breakups. And it also says he played three seasons at Vanderbilt. In 2021, he had 50 tackles and more interceptions for the Commodores. And what well, I'm hearing is he's going to be able to come over and start from day one
1: for us. Yeah, I, I think that's the hope. I, I think when you get a guy out of the portal, you're you're hoping that he's going to, at the very least, play right away if not be a starter. And I, I don't know if you heard Martin, we had him on the show yesterday. He was he was on yeah, with us. I heard it. And uh, you know, he said that, you know, they're not guaranteeing anything and he's gotta come in and compete and all that and he has respect for the guys that are already on the roster and all that stuff. But I don't think a guy like that who had you know offers from Baylor and I think uh, UCLA was the other school, maybe Oregon, something like that. I don't think that guy is coming to UT if he thinks he's going to ride the pine.
4: Yes. And I'm still pulling for my running back out of Birmingham, Alabama. Six foot 235, and we need him, Russell.
1: Yeah, Khalifa Keith, I think, he's going to be a developmental prospect here. He's got a lot of guys ahead of him on the depth chart, though, that he's going to have to pass up, Martin.
4: Yes, i look for him to play somebody's junior or senior year if you, don't, if you don't transfer out and they bring somebody in.
3: Yeah, that's but the thing, you though. You, you uh, see, we yeah. and
4: Thomas went to California or Stanford.
1: Are these guys going to wait for their turn for two or three years anymore? I mean, that used to be pretty commonplace, and now it just doesn't seem like many people are built like that mentally, unfortunately.
4: I'd say Walker Merrill didn't wait. No. He Jackson. I wish Tavis Jackson well.
1: Sure, I wish him all well, but, you know, at least with Walker Merrill, he was here for two years.
4: Yes. And R.J. Perry, he went to Central Florida with Golds, didn't he?
1: He might have. He might have. I'll have to look that up and double-check.
4: And Parker, I'm not sure where Parker went to. He was off his lineman at Lampers.
1: Yeah, he he was one that we all had high hopes for, too. He's pretty highly touted. Never could get on the field, could he?
4: No, and, and we lost that uh, tight end prospect, too, last year. This year one, I think, it was last year yep,
1: yep. at Alabama. Yep.
4: So we have lost quite a few, but what I'm hearing won't well, let him hurt us, but it hurt me when David Jackson left, but you can't blame him, Russell.
1: No, he wasn't going to play here, was he?
4: Not with Nico. And no, He might give Nico a run for it, but what I'm hearing is if more don't come through in the spring, they may go out and try to find somebody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll have their eyes peeled. It's just going to be a tough sell for those guys to come in here and, and sit behind Two different guys, and not have much of a realistic chance barring injury of getting on the field, but they're going to, to try and find somebody because here's here's the nightmare scenario Martin is what if and I hate to even say it, but we'll knock on wood that hope it doesn't happen that you know what if both these young men get hurt next year, then you know Taven Jackson's gonna be thinking, well, if I'd stay there, I could be starting in the s e c yes.
4: I just wonder uh, what type of quarterback could they get if they brought somebody in, Russell.
1: I I don't know, Martin. I I, I don't think a very good one. Because again, I just think guys are going to want some sort of reassurance that they're going to play, and Tennessee can't really offer that right now.
4: Was the quarterback that went to Ole Miss from LSU? Was he a starter for Was he a starter for LSU?
1: No. No, he he was third string there. That's why I transferred. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and they also got a quarterback from Oklahoma State. He'll probably start for uh, Ole Miss. Yeah. And I'm yeah. ask you this now. Let us go. Where do you think Jackson Jackson Dart'll go?
1: That's a good question. He might have to transfer down somewhere. I mean, if he can't, if I mean, the fact that Kiffin is bringing in two transfers this week tells you all you need to know about how they feel about Jackson Dart.
4: Yes.
0: They want somebody else.
4: The, I just enjoy the transfer portal right now. and I believe we've got eight players, eight, eight, seven or eight of them could start. Maybe all, of, all eight of them could start for Russell.
1: Yeah. No, they've, they've had a better uh, winning percentage in the portal than they have in the high school recruits.
4: Yes, and I tell you this, I believe mean, we've got a rate in the top ten in, in Transfer Portal gets too. I believe so. All right, Russ, we gotta run, you, buddy. Son.
1: Thanks for the phone call. Appreciate you. Have a great weekend. Martin checking in this afternoon on the show. When we continue, we get to Lucas Panzica from one oh four five the zone in Nashville with us on the Big Orange Phillies phone line. Stay tuned. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Back with more right after this. Back here on The Drive, it's Fan Run Radio. Russell Bear and Barkish back with you. I'm live today, National Law Rex, getting your weekend kicked off Fan Run style. We head back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where Lucas Widespread Panzeca, 104.5 The Zone, and Titans Radio in Nashville <laughs> joins us. Good afternoon, Lucas. How are you, sir?
0: Good afternoon, guys. It's a beautiful day. I'm fantastic. How are y'all?
1: Uh, doing very well. Quite the week in the mid-state, Carthon. Officially introduced today is the new general manager of the Tennessee Titans. What has his reception been like from Titans fans in Nashville?
0: Well, it's been positive. I think, you know, considering what you do and don't know about any one of these candidates, anytime there's a general manager opening, like at least when there's an offensive coordinator or a head coach hired, there's a certain pedigree you can look at. There's statistics and wins and losses and numbers, points per game, yards per game, with these type of roles, it's kind of, they don't assign which player was drafted because of which executive, right? Like which voice in the room stood up to say, no, this is our guy. But with all that said, a lot of people, a lot of franchises want a piece of what the San Francisco 49ers are doing right now. It sounds like Rand Carthon excelled throughout the interview process, and, uh, and it looks like the relationship is up to a pretty good start between he and Mike Vrabel, and that's obviously going to be really key in all of this.
1: You have any idea how much input Vrabel had on the hire?
0: No, but he had input. I mean, that's all we know. He was part of the second round of interviews. So Rand Carthon initially interviewed with the Titans. Oh, he, he, he went through the timeline today, either last Friday or Saturday. Last Friday, because the, the Niners played their playoff game against uh, Seattle last Saturday that was his initial interview, which Vrabel was not a part of. And then on Tuesday in the second round, Vrabel was a part of that discussion. Mike Vrabel talked about it today. He said, you know, they were talking for hours, and it felt like 15 minutes, which was a good sign. And Tuesday night, just a few hours after that second round of interviews had concluded, they called and offered him the job. So Mike Brabel is, without a doubt, a massive voice in all of this. He's going to be working much more closely with Rand Carthon as far as the collaborative effort uh, that is going to be every decision the Titans make personnel-wise moving forward, much more so than it was with John Robinson. Like, that was the word of the day today, Russell. I haven't had a word of the day since, like, third grade, <laughs> but collaboration was uttered about 70 times, both in every statement Amy Adams-Strunk has put out and throughout today's pressure from all three, Amy Adams, Mike Vrabel, and Rand Carthon.
1: It's funny. That's, I, I haven't heard of the press conference yet. I I need to go back and watch it, but that's exactly what Marcus said earlier was that uh, there was obviously a concerted effort to emphasize collaboration and perhaps that reflects poorly on the relationship between john robinson and mike vrabel and that's weird to me marcus maybe i'm just not paying close enough attention but i would always thought that those two had seen eye to eye was it just the aj brown trade that just blew up that relationship or was that thing frayed from the start
0: that feels like kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. And, then you know, the, the performance A.J. Brown put on against the Titans obviously was the kicker and all of that. But I think things, you know, like you're not in those rooms, you can't say for sure, but probably started to fray over the course of the last one to two years. Just little things here and there. You can pick up clues like when Mike Vrabel talked to Ed Werner on the field before the Kansas City game on Sunday night about the, the wide receiver situation and, and about their emphasis on running the ball. And Mike Vrabel said, and I quote, who the bleep are we going to throw it to? Things like that you can kind of pick up on certain frustrations from your head coach about the personnel that's been put in front of him And there's no doubt the A.J. Brown trade played a big role in that. But look, Mike Vrabel and John Robinson had a pretty normal general manager or head coach working relationship. If you look across the league, that's typically how it goes. And there's exceptions, you know, and, in Dallas, whatever Jerry Jones says goes. In New England, Bill O'Brien, or Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick <laughs> calls the shots. I guess Bill O'Brien will be calling the offensive shots Yeah, uh, apparently coming up in, in uh, the next few weeks. We'll see if that's made official. But, uh, but there's no doubt that John Robinson had the final say with these things. And the way that it, it kind of trended uh, down the stretch, it's very clear Amy Adams-Strong kind of, Uh, If there's there's a line of red tape between John Robinson and Mike Vrabel, she kind of stepped over to Vrabel's side and said, all right, we're going to stick with this guy that probably several other NFL teams would kill to have as their head coach, and and we're going to see if we can move forward with maybe an identity that is more uh, in his mold as opposed to having one guy that calls the shots that Vrabel reports to.
1: (sighs) Mike Vrabel won the Game of Thrones-like power struggle for uh, the (laughs) Titans, I guess. That makes J-Rob Ned Stark in this uh, analogy. Spoiler alert, Lucas, your thoughts on the quarterback situation? Everybody just assumes, oh, you're getting a guy from the 49ers. That must mean he can bring Trey Lance with him. Is that a viable route for the Titans to go, you think? Or is that even something that they should be considering?
0: Well, first I'll say, you know, new general manager in town. Everything is on the table. Uh, but second, I'll say, don't hold your breath about Trey Lance being the Titans' next quarterback because everybody's freaking out about an Instagram story where he, you know, has a picture of Rand Carthon's announcement as the new Titans GM and some fingers crossed emojis. If everybody, you know, wants to play a game and you open up your phones and go into your little keyboard uh, emoji keyboard on your iPhone and go to search emojis and you type the words good luck, that's what that's will come up is the fingers crossed emoji that Trey Lance used on that Instagram story. I saw Colin Cowherd running with that about cryptic Instagram stories from could Trey Lance be the guy in Nashville. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not buying into that. But at the same time, you know, it's a new era in Tennessee. Mike Vrabel's still the head coach. Mike Vrabel's going to have probably an equal amount of input. I don't think this is the Titans going out and getting a yes man for Mike Vrabel. I feel like Mike Vrabel is, an, is intelligent enough to know that uh, – I'm going to use that word again. It does need to be a collaborative effort. And there needs to be more voices in the room – Uh, But ultimately, he does have more of a say than he previously did. So with that said, I don't think Trey Lance is the guy for the Titans moving forward. I'm not sure about going all in on an unproven, unhealthy young quarterback where the sample size is so, so small, even from his college career, from the COVID season at North Dakota State. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and say that if I had to put money on it, Trey Lance will probably be on the 49ers roster next season, along with Brock Purdy and Maybe they'll be dueling it out to figure it out Figure out who's the starter, something I'm sure we all predicted when Purdy was drafted with the last pick of the draft in 2022. But, no, I, I would not put too much stock into that uh, while at the same time saying uh, you, could, you could probably say everything's on the table any time there's a new general manager in town.
1: Talking with Lucas Panzeca, 104.5 The Zone, Titans Radio in Nashville. What about the offensive coordinator search? Things are starting to take shape now. You've got your GM. You've got your coach. Uh, not many changes on the defensive side of the ball. But who's going to be calling the plays next year for the Titans?
0: That's a great question. That initially, you know, Tim Kelly was probably the favorite. Uh, Tim Kelly, the passing game coordinator, former offensive coordinator of the Texans, and and you kind of assume that, A, because he's in-house, and B, because Mike Vrabel has actually made attempts in the cycle, I believe, in the cycle to replace Arthur Smith, or maybe to replace Matt LaFleur. I, I can't remember which. Mike mm-hmm. Vrabel put in a request to interview Tim Kelly when he was with the Texans. That request was denied. So there had been kind of a paper trail of interest from Vrabel in years prior to hiring Tim Kelly as the offensive coordinator. So initially that kind of made him the favorite, but now you're seeing these names, Matt Nagy and, uh, and and Charles London, the assistant out of Atlanta, and, and Tim Kelly's name just hasn't really popped up. And Brabel said today he's spoken with numerous candidates. Uh, so so we're, we're still kind of in the dark on that front. I I would imagine that Matt Nagy, that, that's just the name that keeps coming up. Uh, Jeremy Fowler uh, joined our morning show on The Zone yesterday, I believe. That's the name that he kept talking about. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is another the Titans have – reached out to interview, but he's focused on head coaching opportunities. If, you know, another offseason goes by where he's unable to get one of those opportunities, of which there are a few in this carousel, then maybe he does look at, okay, getting out of Andy Reid's shadow and going and, and taking over an offense where it's his, and if that puts him in a better position to get one of these head coaching opportunities. So right now, the, those are the two names that have been mentioned the most, Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy. just as far as reports go and who we know concretely know the Titans have reached out to, to interview but other than that uh, it, it's kind of up in the air at the moment but I, I don't I will say Tim Kelly initially being the favorite uh, is probably a little further down that list if you were to look at you know like betting odds on who the Titans next play caller would be.
1: Any indication on how they will handle the Tannehill hill situation and you know already asked about trey lance obviously there's there's got to be some sort of succession plan i think you know even if Tannehill hill stays you're you've got to start pointing to some sort of direction right at uh, post uh, 2023 2024 moving forward what's going to happen there eventually uh, any thoughts on tanny hill's future and where that thing could be trending
0: well, I suppose we could sort of lay out the options on the table, right? And, and that's, uh, you know, stick with Tannehill as sort of a stopgap quarterback next season, where uh, you know you're, you're going to pay him the thirty-six million or the cap the cap hit, which is thirty-six million. If you cut him loose, you're paying him eighteen million, unless you were to trade him uh, and another team were to assume that contract. So uh, you could either stick and pick at eleven and 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 try and fix the offensive line and, and move further down the draft and try and fix the issues. At wide receiver the team speed that mike brable was talking about they were lacking in his final press conference of the season a couple of weeks ago uh and then and kind of you know not to say kick the quarterback can down the road but kind of do that and see what your options are going into the 2024 season uh or uh you can make a move right now you you can make a move to try and deal ryan Tannehill and find somebody you feel like you can build this franchise around and and there's a litany of guys that you could throw out there into the wind and try and, and, and make sense of it. Uh, whether it is Trey Lance or if Lamar, I don't know if Lamar Jackson's not able to get a deal done uh, in Baltimore. There's so many different ways that they can go with this thing. My gut tells me they're going to stick with Ryan Tannehill going into 2023. But one thing I do know is that there's there's kind of a timeline here. The new stadium is set to open in 2026, maybe 2027. You need to have your franchise quarterback in place, and you need to probably be confident that that is your franchise quarterback when that new stadium opens up. That, I feel like, is the goal for this franchise. That's the timeline in regards to that position. So it's a matter of whether they start to take a step towards that this offseason or they try to stabilize and kind of say we can compete with this, which is kind of what Rand Carthon indicated today in the press conference, that, hey, we can be competitive with this core and we retool – in some areas, uh, or if they decide to pull the plug in that position and, and start from scratch and go ahead and try and find that guy, start that process right now. There's several different directions that they can go with that, but I do know that uh, 2026, 2027, whenever that first game is played in a new stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, feels like the deadline to have that figured out.
1: I'll just go ahead and start the hashtag trending right now, Lucas. Tank for Nico.
0: Oh, you heard it okay, here first. So how is that? How would that timeline match up? So, Nico, I suppose, would be draft eligible, not for the 2024, 2026 20, draft. Okay, well, look at the, would you look at that?
1: It, it all lines up. After, his, after he leads Tennessee to the national championship as a junior in 2025, of yes. course.
0: Yes, from Josh Dobbs, and he'll, he'll hand the baton to Nico.
1: Absolutely. And um, uh, Malik Willis, <laughs> you got a tank for him, so Malik Willis hands the baton to uh, Nico.
0: Is it Malik Willis? I don't know. Malik Willis or Dobbs, because I think those two are dueling it out potentially for a backup role throughout training camp uh, in a few we're, months.
1: We're talking about tanking, so who's worse?
0: Oh, fair enough. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Malik. From what we saw last season, it would be Malik Willis, and I mean, and that's probably unfair to to put on Willis right now. He was never supposed to start any games in his in his quote unquote redshirt year in the NFL, but but there is no doubt Malik Willis. You cannot go into 2023, uh, the 2023 season with Malik Willis as your only option as a backup quarterback or starting quarterback. Of course, unless you're trying to tank, which, as we talked about last time I was with you guys, I don't think Mike Vrabel is signing up for.
1: Lucas Panzico, 104.5 The Zone, with us. All right, Lucas, uh, your thoughts. Tennessee basketball. The Vols take the L against Kentucky. It still hurts. It still stings. Just, what are your thoughts on where this team is at right now? As uh, they stick with this quest, we talk about it all the time, trying to make the Final Four. Tennessee fans want it so badly. It feels like this is a team that has that type of a ceiling, but if they play like they did against Kentucky, it also feels like the floor is yet another first weekend exit in the NCAA tournament. Where are you at with all this?
0: Yeah, I'm getting like some deja vu, you know, around midseason as far as what Tennessee basketball has been around this point the last couple of years, right? Like, well balanced, one of the best defensive teams in the country. You know, you feel like they have uh, they have scoring options. Maybe they have more down low than they did a year ago. But for me, like the big question mark, I mean, who who are you giving the ball to when the game's on the line? I don't know the answer to that. Like, what what's the conversation been like for you guys in that regard? Is it Santiago Vescovi when you need a three? Is it throw it down to uh, Olivier Kumwa? Is it just Zigo trying to create something like? We used to, you know, when Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield were doing that, that their thing. At least you had the answer to that question. But I feel like we haven't had a concrete answer to that question since those guys were in Knoxville.
1: Yeah, I mean that has definitely been a big talking point all week long here in in Knoxville. And uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think we have the answer right now. I don't think Kamwa. I, I don't think he's that guy. Um, I don't think you know. It, on on paper, it should be Triple J, but I just don't know if he's that assertive. And yeah. uh, it might need to be Julian Phillips, the freshman right now. But, you know, if, if he can have the second half of his freshman season the way Kennedy Chandler had last year, maybe he's that guy by the end of the year. But right now they don't have one.
0: Yeah, and Phil, Phillips feels like a candidate to be that guy. But with, with, with Phillips, you, you get like the Keon Johnson vibes, right, that he can take yeah. over a game here and there and you can see the talent he's going to be a draft pick and he has the potential to be a one and done but it's the consistency that's not there and it's frustrating when you see it you look around the league and i mean you know brandon miller is a hell of an example the guy's you know one of the most talented players in the country but my goodness the the consistency that alabama gets it from with with miller and that just the effortless nature of brandon miller uh and and i'm i've been watching miller the last couple of years since he was playing at Cane Ridge High School here in Nashville. So I know how good the kid is, but uh, th- that just feels like the type of talent that Tennessee could use, a guy that you know will give it to you night in and night out. You might not need it from him night in and night out, but it would be nice to have someone that you know will be able to provide it night in and night out. And I feel like that's kind of an issue for Tennessee basketball at the moment that hopefully will get answered when they go up against you know some of these, some of these games coming up against Texas and, and Alabama and some of these top ten opponents. Uh, they should take care of business tomorrow, though LSU. Man, they. they I, I did the math today. They, they've lost five in a row by an average margin of victory of seventeen points per game.
1: Oh, LSU's lost five in a row, but Tennessee's lost five in a row in Baton Rouge. Something has to give tomorrow. Let's hope it's uh, the the streak against the Vols on the road. In Louisiana. Lucas, appreciate you as always, my friend. Uh, Thanks for jumping on with us here on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Have a great weekend.
0: Always fun, guys. Talk to y'all soon. You too.
1: Lucas Panzeca, 104.5 The Zone in Nashville. Titans Radio. You can follow him on Twitter at Lucas Panzeca. Another proud graduate of the Fan Run Academy of Broadcasting, or FAB, if you will. Lucas and Rick, outstanding appearances. It's been quite the, the day for uh for us. Who who will be the next fan-run youngster to uh climb the ladder of success and stardom on the sports media landscape? Stay tuned to find out. We got to take a quick break. We'll come back to wrap things up. Take a couple more phone calls here if you want to jump in. Speak now forever hold your peace 865-546. Eight two zero zero, your number to get on our final segment of the drive. Coming up next, right here on FanRun Radio, the, the drive. FanRun Radio, the drive continues, wrapping up here on a Friday afternoon. Want well, to thank National R Rex for having us out today and Jets Pizza for feeding us as well. It's been a fantastic way to kick off the weekend out here. Let's go right back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. We've got T.R. standing by. Good afternoon, T.R. How are you, sir? Hey, how's it going? How's it going, Russell? Hey, man, long time no talk. Man. How you been? Yeah, I'm good, good. Not too bad, man.
5: Yeah, I wish when you sat out there doing a remote at Jets Pizza a couple of weeks back, I, I I wish I could have made it out there, man. Well, we'll be, a, be there there
1: the <laughs> we'll be out there what again soon in the near
5: future.
1: We'll be out there again here in the near future, probably sometime oh, yeah, around yeah, March Madness. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Who,
5: who was that? that? Who was that bumper? I'm I'm familiar with that song, but not the band's name. Who was who is that band? That kind uh, of crummy
1: band from England. Nobody's ever
3: heard. It's of. Oasis T.R. Greatest band ever.
5: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of, you know, in mourning of David Crosby, who we lost yesterday sometime. And, uh, I don't know. I first got wind of it yesterday afternoon, like good 25, 26 hours ago, but yeah. Oh, kinda,
1: TR, I was listening thing. on my got way out. out here to the, uh, deja vu album. You start off with carry on, go right into almost cut my hair banger after banger. Yeah, exactly.
5: Yeah. I believe. And I, uh, Crosby wrote that song. Almost cut my hair. <laughs> yeah, he wrote. It's kind of it kind of It's got like some got some Jimi Hendrix kind of riffs in it. Once it gets into the song, it's got that Jimi Hendrix Jimi Hendrix type of feel to it. But yeah, uh huh. But uh... yeah, the. Yeah, you, know, you know like the primary it always comes back to the Kentucky game. Here we are six games six days removed from that, you know, uh let down, so to speak. Yeah. I mean I we had our chances there late. We just could not, I don't know, finish at the rim and we make make good moves to get there and this for some reason like, you know, just it was like a terrible uh terrible Time to not be able to finish at that juncture. It was a must finish at that time of the juncture of the game, man. But anyway, we, you know, the Mississippi State game, you know, the first half, you know, we didn't couldn't find ourselves. But in the second half, yeah, it was like Ziegler, you know, I put this on his back and uh and uh, Phillips, he uh, reemerged. So, yeah, but and I say uh, Triple J, he kind of got more minutes. He, then he's had all year in that game at Starkville, so we might need him to slowly get, you know, get to where he can damn uh, be a be a option like, you know, late in the game a, a tight game who can who can step up and knock it down. But yeah, we we got we got several we got we got several options.
1: Life is all about options, Tr. That's what I always say. The more, the better.
5: Yes uh but uh, yeah you it was been a couple weeks ago they was ripping you on the three and out you know you was like giving M- Meshack uh like uh Schofield kind of cred he was I was like, he was saying uh he loves you he loves you he loves you Russell but he just can't see Schofield in uh, Meshack as, if this, as if at this juncture in his career.
1: Nobody could see Schofield being Schofield in his sophomore right, year. That's Wasn't right, that's right. Till-
5: Schofield kind of, he kind of grew in his freshman and sophomore year to be, you know, just a phenom, you know, go-to guy. I mean, just, yeah. You know, him and, like, uh, McCray back in the Kwanzaa final, uh, final season. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, man, but uh, – yeah I'm looking at well who was it that said oh it was uh it was uh, dude at Vanderbilt what's his name the the coke I'm having a senior moment
3: Jerry stackhouse
5: yeah stackhouse stackhouse is he Ginobili and and or vescovy has kind of got that Ginobili ga, game to it yeah. and like i'm I'm looking at damn Ziegler he get He's kind of reminded me of like a Allen Iverson. I know it's the dreads, it's the pony, it's the pigtails, or it's the way he he's fearless of driving in there. But yeah, he's like a, like a young Iverson, and Iverson was a I don't know was he a five star football player coming out of the Virginia Beach area up there? He him, him out of that Moses, where Moses Malone come from up there?
3: The Tidewater area, yeah, yeah. yeah. Todd Kelly Senior said he was impossible. It was impossible to touch him, literally on a football field. That you couldn't touch him; he was that elusive. Yeah,
5: right. I probably, they probably had a 30, 30 for thirty. I caught a few years back, but uh, yeah, you, yeah, man. I uh, hope to run into y'all uh, firsthand in uh, in a while. Yes, sir. And uh, all right, man.
1: Thank I appreciate you, it. Good, and, good to uh, hear from you, man. It, Don't it's be a stranger.
5: A Snap a five-game streak, which is hard to fathom that we got going down there. But I know it's never been easy down there. But hopefully tomorrow we'll be able to duplicate that score. Hey. Whoever you said put out seventy to fifty-nine. Right. I, what 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 was the Mississippi mistake uh, point spread
1: the other night? Six points.
5: Six well, only six. Okay.
1: Well, no, it yeah, was projected but, yeah. to be six. The betting line was six. We ended up winning by eleven. 18. Right.
5: Yeah, but yeah, it was a lot closer game. I mean, we pulled pulled away there, but yeah, Mississippi State gave us all we wanted there for a good uh, uh, 35 minutes of the game. But I'll, I'll let y'all go, man, and uh, go Big Ars!
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you, Appreciate a, it. That's uh, what I was hoping he would TR, do. You are a uh, drive caller from way back in the day doing the stream of consciousness thing as only he can. Dude, he's
3: he is a he's like a music encyclopedia. He loves him some music. So apparently, he's a reg a regular on uh, overtime with Jake and those guys.
1: Outstanding. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I went down the Crosby rabbit hole last night. Same. Good stuff, man. Little birds little CSN CSNY CSI Chicago Did you like their big hits? Yeah. Uh who, the Birds or the Crosby, Stills and Nash the 80s stuff? Oh, no no, not so much. They 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 had some, you know, they sobered up and and put out some not so great stuff, didn't they? I mean, it
3: sold a lot of. They sold a lot of records. What What was their big hits from the eighties? Oh, did they sing Southern Cross?
1: Yeah, but they. I think they had another like really cheesy one, didn't they? Southern
3: Cross. Uh, I mean, Sweet Judy Blue Eyes was from the sixties.
1: Yeah, that's from back in the day. That was on Deja Vu, or no? That was on their first record.
3: I almost started playing it.
1: Let's see if I can look up a little iTunes. No, of course, Internet. My phone, man. My phone. I'm going to throw this thing through the window. Nothing works anymore. Why would you do that? that, I got that that update. I'm telling you, that update ruined my phone. It was working just fine. They do the update this week, and now nothing works on it. It's an outrage. That Southern Cross is a big
3: hit in 82.
1: Okay. Was it wasted on the way?
3: Yeah. It doesn't have the star next to you. What about wooden ships on the water, very free and easy, the way it's supposed to be? Helplessly Hoping. Do you like that one?
1: Man, that's a great one. Yeah. Sad song. Sad song.
3: You Don't Have to Cry. Oh, oh, that might be their best. Guinevere.
1: You Don't Have to Cry.
3: Oh, here's mine. Cry, my darling. Marrakesh Express. Nah, it's a little overrated in my opinion.
1: No! I'll tell you what's not overrated, folks. FanDuel, America's number one sports book at the NFL playoffs, are heating up. And with FanDuel, every play is a rush. New customers join today. You can bet the divisional round with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with our promo code DRIVE1 and whoever you've got this week Bills, Cowboys, Chiefs, Eagles, whoever you like, you can put big money or just a little money down, and you'll get $150 back in free bets, even if your first bet doesn't hit. America's number one sportsbook, they've got all your favorites, the money line, the point spread, the player props, the same game parlays. It's awesome. All on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. So don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose with promo code DRIVE1 at sign up And make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee. First on that real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call Tennessee Redline Line 1-800-889-9789. Wrapping things up here on the drive thanks again national rx for having us out jets pizza let's get roger in here before we run good afternoon roger you're on the drive it's fan run radio oh,
4: well hey uh, hey russ from bear uh, russ, uh hey, how, how y'all
1: doing doing tonight doing spectacularly thank you i hope you are as well
4: yeah yeah i'm doing fine I'm doing great and great um i just wanted to ask you russ about, about i just want to ask you about the, about the playoffs of this weekend uh uh uh, uh, uh uh, Russell, who are you pulling for? Are you pulling for anybody in the in, in the NFL playoffs weekend? You Are you pulling for anybody in the? Are you pulling for anybody specific in the in the NFL and about it? Are you pulling for anybody in the NFL playoffs weekend, yeah, Russell?
1: I Again? I don't have uh, a team that you know I'm I'm all in on. I I'm interested. You know the Bills after they lost. The heartbreaker against the Chiefs, I kind of that's that's the game I want to see as an AFC Championship in Atlanta. Bills Chiefs, I think would be uh, kind of a cool matchup. Uh, don't really have a strong feeling on the NFC side of things. I just feel like uh, your Super yeah. Bowl. I, th- I feel like the Bills and the Chiefs are the two best teams. So I'm I'm hoping that they win uh, this weekend so that we can see that game next weekend. Uh,
4: I got you, and I'll. And uh, how do you think? How do you think, you think? Can Can Jacksonville? Can, how you think? Can, can beat Kansas City? You think maybe then they can win? Uh, no can,
1: can
3: they, can they can way, win? Roger.
1: I think they can give them a game. I do. I, I right. think they can give them a game. I, I said earlier this week I like the Jags to cover that line is up to nine points. I, I don't think Chiefs win that game by nine points. So I like the Jags to cover. Can they win it on the road? It's gonna be cold. In Arrowhead, I don't know. That's going to be uh, asking a lot a young quarterback, but he's he's pretty good, man.
3: Um, Lawrence said be it wasn't loud there. there. Lawrence said it wasn't very loud in Kansas City. Sure. Those people are going to be
2: unhinged.
3: Roger out of time, man.
1: Enjoy the games, my friend. We'll be with you. Voluntary reaction as soon as basketball is over. Tomorrow around 6 For Bear and Marcus, I'm Russell Smith. Overtime coming up next. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday, 3 to 6, here on Fan Run Radio.